0: Hey, Revelation Wellness friends, thanks for being here today for a real and raw conversation with Elisa and Nika Maples, who is not only a dear friend to us here at Revelation Wellness, but she's here to speak straight from the heart. The message Nika carries is one we all need to hear, and it tackles the hard topic of disappointment and what we do with it when we face it. We promise this episode is going to bless you. We also have some exciting news to share. Alisa's new book, The Body Revelation, is now available as a free devotional plan on Uversion. This is for you if you just want to know what The Body Revelation is all about or if you've already read it cover to cover. In the seven-day journey through the stages of metabolizing pain, you'll get a taste of what it means to go from feeling stuck in
1: your body to living wholeheartedly. Swipe up on the show notes for the link to get started today. Thanks again for being here, and thanks to our donors for making this episode possible. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Peace. Revelation Wellness community, today we have a friend back on, Nika Maples is with us. Nika, welcome back to the Revelation Wellness podcast.
0: It's an honor. It is an honor. I love all things Revelation Wellness. These are my people. We
1: love all we love all things Nika Maples. You are so our people. When you, y'all, I don't know if you went to Rest and Rebuild uh, just this recently where we froze and <laughs> and shook in the cold, snowy days of Minnesota. That was crazy. Um, but Nika was there. And from the moment, whenever I see Nika just come into the room or in the place, I feel like, okay, everything is as it should be. Nika's here. Nika you do. You just bring a presence with you wherever you go. And so we brought you brought you back on the show because we wanted to talk more about that. Like Nika. All right. First of all, tell people a little bit of synopsis. Hey, we have put on the show notes, Nika's full stories. So if you want to know more about Nika and I gave you guys a little intro on who she is in the bumper coming in, but um, just tell them a little bit about yourself, your story and how you find yourself where you are today doing what you do. Hmm.
0: Well, as a stroke survivor, I still have some residual um, disabilities, and um, mm-hmm. so people can go back and listen to the whole story about the stroke. But um, mm-hmm. the ongoing story is dealing with um, mm-hmm. the daily disability, and I think it's so important that we address ongoing um, disappointment in the yes. church. But we don't do we, we don't talk about disappointment and it's so real, but when there's a disappointment in our hearts, we just think, well, it's small. It's too small to bring to, you know, if it's not some big tragedy or big grief, we just feel like if it's chronic or ongoing, then maybe we've mentioned it too many times and it's time to be quiet about it, but it still stinks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys are RW plus subscribers back in the app, I mean, you should not, you you maybe even just put this on pause and go listen to Nika's teaching on the disappointment gap is what she taught at Rest and Rebuild. And um, it was... The room is still, people are still saying quotes, still bringing stuff into staff calls about, remember when Nico said this, remember when Nika said that, and we are sitting with it. And so you did a teaching on the disappointment gap. Mm -hmm. Maybe like expand upon that. People, again, if you're RW Plus subscriber, you can go listen to the whole teaching, see the whole teaching. We have it back there in video and audio. But um, talk like why why that message, you mentioned it now, but just kind of expand a little bit more upon that.
0: Yeah. Um, well, when we have expectations and, you, and when you pray, you have expectations. I mean, when, when, you, when you desire anything and, and attach a prayer to it, you have expectations that God will deliver on his promises. And he will, he does. But sometimes it doesn't look like what we thought, Mm -hmm. it's not in the timing that we thought so the difference between our expectations and the reality is the disappointment gap it's Mm -hmm. what we thought would happen and what has happened what we're living in right now and Mm -hmm. that gap sometimes it's a big gap sometimes it's a smaller gap but Mm -hmm. we that that's what we minimize and we try to ignore it so um I've heard somebody say before, um, I don't know where this quote came from, but um, expectations are premeditated disappointments. And I, I don't think necessarily that means that we need to start lowering our expectations. Mm-hmm. I think there we, we don't want to do that. That's that's not living in hope. But I do think when when we acknowledge a disappointment gap and just recognize this is not what I thought it would be then we have a chance to raise the reality. Don't lower your expectations, raise the reality. So, you know, how do we do that? Well, the first thing we have to do is just look at it instead of pretending that it doesn't exist. Instead of yes. forcing ourselves to ignore it and, and telling ourselves that it's too small.
1: Mm-hmm. Nika, uh, you yeah. are, a. is it 20? How How many years since you had the stroke?
0: I'm 49 now and I had this stroke when I was 20. So we're coming up on the 30 year anniversary, which is um, that's in its own way. That's a disappointment gap to reach a number like that because um, it's sometimes it's hard. I remember the first time that I hit 20 years after my stroke because I thought, wow, I've been disabled as long as I was. Um, it, you know, a exactly. perfectly able body they m- could run, could jump, all the things that I desired to do, I could do, um, yeah. and I thought I, I it felt it felt odd to say i now I've known life this way, just as long as I've known life that way, and um yeah. now we're we're inching to toward the point where I'll, where I'll be disabled twice as long as I knew a body that could move. Any way I wanted, and that it used to be upsetting, and now because I have acknowledged my disappointment with that, um, yeah. I, I see this is um, this is an opportunity for spiritual growth that God has continued to offer to me in in Mark two. Um, that's where we have the, um, paralytic, the paralytic being lowered from the ceiling by his friends and Jesus is, you know, he's teaching in a crowd and we know as teachers, isn't it so nice when we have the perfect story to share, God Mm. knew Jesus knew they were coming that day. Mm. He knew they were going to be the illustration for the sermon. He knew they were going to rip open the ceiling. So I'm sure he was already talking about faith because they were going to illustrate it for him. They were the story. So when they yeah. dro- his friends dropped the paralytic to Jesus's feet, it's just so odd to everyone in the crowd that he says, your sins are forgiven instead of the healing. I mean, the, the, the friends were all about the healing, the physical healing. Jesus offered forgiveness to sins first. And I just picture him, I've pictured him so many times in that moment, laughing with joy over what he got to experience the offering that Jesus experienced in that moment to have those friends to have that <laughs> i mean the paralytic man that was dangling on, <laughs> on a <laughs> mat <laughs> that was scary and yeah. um, Jesus received the offering of faith if if Hebrews says without faith it's impossible That's to God then what what that tells us is with faith that's how we please god wow that's so good so that's jesus so- in that moment i experienced him laughing with pleasure as i as i picture it because it, that was the fullness of the offering that it's possible to bring to bring him it's just faith hmm. so he was just he was pleased faith is his pleasure well okay so if he he didn't have to heal the man mm-hmm. he didn't have to heal him and some of us have come to God with that kind of raw triumphant faith and said i've ripped open ceilings in prayer for my friend for my family member for myself begging god for healing and why hasn't it come We can ask that it is a disappointment gap and we can come to God for a word. Give me some, something about that to comfort me. But at the same time, I, I am comforted by the fact just coming to him with faith is the objective because that is the offering that is his pleasure is coming to him with faith. So whether he heals me or not, I've reached the goal. I've offered him the sacrifice of ongoing faith. What a privilege. If he never heals me, I have the, the ongoing opportunity to offer him faith every
1: single day. So let's, let's talk about the tension. I'm going to ask you a question here live that I've never, and we can edit it out if you don't like it. Let's but I feel go. Like you're so brave. Okay. And you kind of hit on this, but I want to ask it here on this platform. You're a woman. Who has an obvious disability, right? Mm-hmm. Walk into the post office, you got a not even if you're walking or if you're using a scooter, whatever it is, there's an obvious disability. Do you ever get annoyed at people wanting to pray for you?
0: No, I do not. I there, now, uh, the,
1: th- uh, the no, thing. But
0: yeah, I, be honest, be real. Yeah, be real. yeah, the thing that I encounter from time to time is somebody assuming that I haven't prayed.
1: They assume,
0: you know, they'll they'll be, well, maybe you need to just do this. Maybe you need to do that. Mm -hmm. And and I have a whole, um, it's a patch, patchwork quilt of memories of prayer. I mean, uh, there was the time that I was in, in a, um, in Bangkok Thailand as a missionary and the missionaries prayed over me and anointed me with oil in a bathtub, bathtub so yeah, not just like a little thumbprint oil, of they, oil on the bath, floor. they like a turkey <laughs> Yes, like I was basted in oil. And I have a, a photograph of it. I mean, like I am soaked. My hair is soaked. And it was like, we're gonna try. We're gonna do it that way. We're gonna fast for weeks. We're gonna um like pursue God in every we're gonna pray and praise for hours before we ask, we're going to enter his throne with, with that kind of Thanksgiving. I mean, we've gone about it in numerous ways. So the only thing I would say that at times when somebody approaches me and says, um, Hey, have you tried? It's, it's almost like have you tried this? Like they know a secret formula. And if you read anything in the Bible, anything in the gospels, there is no formula for healing, That's Right. That's whether right. he's using mud on someone's eyes or, you know, whether he spitting, I mean, who knows what Jesus is going to do it. Yeah. Speaks yeah. Do it like, um, touch it, lays the hands, who knows what Jesus is going to do. He can heal through a Paul, you know, Paul's handkerchiefs and Paul's shadow. Right. right so there is no formula but i i am patient because i think this is what i think in that moment it goes back to that mark 2 um jesus's pleasure at faith i think am i going to get in the way of them offering their faith to jesus in that moment no absolutely not wow. so i always i welcome it and i just think Whenever the bowl of prayer is tipped over, and and God's like, today's the day, Nika. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was this little old lady in a grocery store. Yeah, prays it's going to be the moment that you're healed. Um, I welcome that, and and it may just be that God is honored once again by someone's faith when they pray. Um, but my genuine gen- outlook on that now, when people have you know, stopped me in a parking lot and said, can I pray for you? And then they'll, they'll just dive on my legs, like bear hug my knees and they'll be on, on their face in prayer in a parking lot. I mean, when people show that kind of devotion and that kind of passion, I, I welcome it. And I just think to myself, whether God heals me or not, I am living in a prayer cloud. I mean, I've got all these saints all around me praying for me, whether they tell me or not. Um, I had one uh, moment recently when a friend of mine was walking ahead of me as we went into a restaurant and she was just, you know, several feet ahead of me and she opened the door. So she happened to hear a woman as she was walking out the same door that I was about. And as soon as that woman saw me from, you know, 10, 20 feet away, she started praying for me and my friend overheard it. Because the woman didn't know that we were walking, that we were friends walking together. Mm -hmm. And I thought, isn't that special that my friend could say, you didn't know it, but that woman was praying for you. I overheard her. She was whispering a prayer. And I just thought, there is no telling how many times a day that happens. Sometimes people talk to me about it and they ask and they pray, but other times they're just doing it from a distance. I certainly do that. I pray for others sure. from a distance. Sure. And so to, to, to realize I'm in, I'm living in a prayer cloud. Um, no matter what happens, the outcome belongs to Jesus. The obedience is mine. I'm going to stay
1: where I belong. Wow, That's the quote. The outcome belongs to Jesus. The obedience is mine. I love you so much. <laughs> I'm just going to say, because listen, Revelation Wellness, I know we, we are ministry to the body of Christ concerning their body and all bodies. That's why I always say, if you are breathing and you can hear my voice, give them praise, give them the fact that your lungs can speak, whatever you can move or do is an offering, a living sacrifice, just do that because I don't know when the Lord will heal. Will he heal? Yes. Nika's going to be healed one day Mm -hmm. face-to-face. There are no wheelchairs in heaven, but the fact that you can walk with such tension, Nika, like we just as Revelation Wellness, we just go basically wherever we are, where's Nika? We want Nika here because (laughs) if Nika speaks, everyone shut up and listen because (laughs) you're holding tension. The fact that, you know, there is some, uh, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit. Um, There's some theology in the church of people who have a disability and say, This is my lot. Don't pray for me. Like, don't fix me. This is the way I glorify God. I don't need to be fixed. I don't need to be, you know, they're kind of like, Then I, I get that. Like, I wonder if some people just feel like a prayer cushion, a pin cushion mm. for prayer and like, I'm not your voodoo doll, like to fix. Yeah. And so they kind of like go, this is, I'm I'm not, I'm going to glorify God this way. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how, what do you think when you hear that?
0: Well, I definitely was in that space for a while. Okay. I remember one specific moment where um, I was at a prayer meeting that I went to regularly. And then um, at one point, one of the, the the elders of the church, who was, it was his house where we were praying. And he said, Um, the Lord is pressing on my heart that we just really need to ask for your complete and total healing. And I can envision, I just see you as a, as a child on a swing, like fully, like moving your legs with freedom, with strength to, pump your you know your momentum on the swing and he was like that's what we want to pray for is total renewal of your body and he started to pray and everyone was joining in and all of a sudden I said whoa 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 hold on just a second I want God to heal me but not too much because I think that this dealing with this and being having sickness or having disability is what keeps me in intimacy with him. And I don't want to, I don't want to lose that. Mm. And these men were, these elders that were praying for me were like, Nika, your circumstances do not bring intimacy. Oh, the the circumstances don't, but, but listen, a lot of people are, that's why we think, oh, I don't want to be prosperous, you know, because it's it's when I'm in poverty. It's when I'm I'm desperate for God to provide for me that I feel close to Him. So they they shy away from His uh, abundant provision. It's no different from somebody who's shying away from total healing. And it's because we've believed that um, our intimacy our intimacy comes from a circumstance. And I thought if it doesn't come from a circumstance, what does it come from?
1: Right.
0: And. God is really clear. He says it comes from choice. He wants our intimacy with him comes from choice. Yeah. It's whether we want is what we can have as much as we want. Yeah. We can have as much as we want. Yeah. And um, we don't have to depend on a life situation. I mean, sure. We need him in moments when there is a need, of some kind, but plenty of people throughout the world, we know it. Plenty of people have circumstances, but no choice. They don't choose him. Even when things are devastating in their lives, they never choose him. So we know it's not a circumstance that keeps us close to him. Mm -hmm. In fact, I would say it's when you have no need that you have the greatest opportunity to exhibit your choice. So for anyone who's listening and because there's also that, that, um, thing in the church where we're like, um, well, you know, I was never, my testimony isn't that powerful. It's not that strong. I was never like, I was never on drugs and I never,
1: you know, boring life. Yeah. I, have yeah, a boring testimony. I was just always
0: a good, I was always a good girl. And so I don't really have much to say. And I'm like, oh, you have the most to say because you had no you may not have had that desperate on your face need, and you chose him anyway.
1: Ooh, ooh, <laughs> Wow, word, amen. Okay, the fact that you live in a prayer cloud—I love that. I live in a prayer cloud. When you said that at rest and rebuild, I went, <gasps> and it—it it is, it is. You, it's as if you live in a prayer cloud, and you won't deny the the faith of God and his people. Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's go back to, um, you had this stroke at 19, you said? 20, 20 yeah 20, 20 years old. So it's okay. Um, was there anything by, I don't even know if I asked this in the first time we talked, is there any reason for the stroke? Like, was there genetic? Was there something that? Well,
0: um, I was diagnosed with lupus when I was twelve, and so there there are a little collection of doctors who think that um, it was lupus cerebritis that caused the stroke-like symptoms, meaning that it was the uh, systemic lupus attacking my brainstem. Mm-hmm. But then there's another collection of doctors that say because I was on um, I was being treated for lupus with chemotherapy, so I was on chemotherapy for two years. It was devastating for my body. I mean, mm. it's poison yes, it and is. anyone who's experienced it, I mean, yeah, know how difficult it is. I lost all my hair. I, my nose was bleeding. My gums were bleeding all the time. It was mm. exhausting. And um, so there's another little collection of doctors that say, oh, um, that medication, like chemotherapy can cause heart attack and stroke I mean I signed the papers when I was 20 saying I understand that this can be a complication mm-hmm. and you know at, at the time of my stroke they did um they did brain scans and they saw oh there's this Black spot. So we think that's maybe brain damage. And um we want to investigate whether it was the lupus and what or whether it was the chemotherapy. And we need to do some more brain scans in another couple years. And then another couple of years after that, just see if the black spot is diminishing or changing. Is it brain damage? Do you know what I said, Elisa? I was like, who cares? Who cares? I don't need to know that. I don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> then- I I'm not coming back for a brain scan to find out what the black spot is. I don't need to know anything about that. I don't care if it's from lupus or if it's from chemotherapy. Yeah. The Lord, I'm here and knowing the exact path of how I got here is irrelevant to me personally. And I just, I talked to my parents about it. I was like, is it okay if we don't find that out? I can't. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to move forward and have any kind of life if I'm constantly like investigating my brain. Wow. Right. I'm 20. I'm ready to get back to life, you know? Yeah. And so I we all kind of agreed like this isn't until there's a reason to find out any, the next thing that we're not going to just pursue a path of, you know, investigation yeah. of medical investigation. I'm not becoming consumed with, yeah my internal organs. I mean, I just need to, (laughs) we're seeing them. We don't see that God created us where we're not going to see that most of the time.
1: I don't need to focus at it every day and get a picture and an update on it. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: So um, I just was like, I'm just going to trust that guy. So do I have a spot in there? I don't know. I, I think maybe it's gone.
1: I'm just going to believe In Jesus it. name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'd yeah. rather just believe it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so, no reason. Wow. So, but, um, but, so
0: there's differing opinions on how it happened.
1: Yeah. When's the last time you've just had like a fall down, cry out with the Lord with mm-hmm. the condition of your body. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but just in case you don't, right now, The Body Revelation, my book that released in June is available everywhere and anywhere. Pick it up to learn how to metabolize pain, banish shame, and connect to God with your whole self. If your body has felt more like a problem to be solved than a mystery and a beauty to be discovered, then you need to pick up this book. Everything we do on this podcast is back at Revelation Wellness over on the website in the app is pointing you towards this greater message of healing. But before we can receive good news with all of who we are, we've got to be willing to look at some of the bad news. We can do this, friends. This is why we train. We can hold the tension. So I sure hope you will pick up a copy of the Body Revelation. And let's keep training. When's the last time you've just had like a fall down, cry out with the Lord, with Mm. the condition of your body.
0: I'll tell you that at a certain point, I felt like the, um, the most painful thing that was affecting my body. And I I love that you teach on this so much. And, and, and your new book really goes into the pain, Mm -hmm. um, that is created by emotional pain that's undealt with. Yes. Um, which is c- kind of why I encourage people to look at their disappointment gap, yes. because at a certain point, it's the pain about the gap that becomes more and more painful Whoa. that than the thing that caused it. You know, so for me, I had a lot of unforgiveness um, in my heart, a lot, mm-hmm. and that caught toward different situations, different people, uh, blaming any kind of blaming gets us nowhere, it gets us nowhere, but we, it's, it's trying to deal with the gap without us actually dealing with the gap. You know, it's trying to say, I want to discharge all of this um, discomfort without saying, I can stand in strength and look and look at the gap and say, Lord, this is a gap. This is not the story I had wanted it's the story you've allowed me to live. I'm, you know, I just want to talk to you about that. So when I, when I did, I would say, um, during the pandemic was an opportunity for me because I'm single also. So during a time of isolation, I mean, I didn't even have family members in my apartment with me or in my home. So I, it was just me and God how, for how I, long, how long are um, you like really alone in that? Um, I would say three months before I was like, okay, done.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, done. <laughs> So you, I'd rather be around people and die tomorrow than I know. live in this cave. Right. So I was like, uh, yeah, this is, this
0: isolation is more unhealthy for me than anything else. So I'm just like, it probably wasn't even a full, it's probably two and a half months. I was like, done, let's go. So, um. But during that time, I had to just say, Lord, I'm, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that I could be thrust in a situation of isolation. And does everybody else has somebody, everybody else has, um, you know, this or that, and I have it worse. And we get in that spiral of not only do I have this, but I also have this and not only do I have this, but I also have this and, No matter who's listening, I know they could do that right now. They could stack, 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 stack stack all of the disappointments. And and it's like, I could have handled this disappointment, but once I got this also, now it's too much, you know, and in that conversation, the Lord was like, I keep giving you opportunities to completely forgive. I keep giving you opportunities to stop blaming and, and put your eye on me like sure look at the disappointment but come to meet with it instead of looking at the disappointment and blaming someone else mm. so um i did cry a lot about that and um felt felt his blessing on just hey okay so forgiveness has begun and what we think is okay if i if i forgive or if i allow god into this vulnerable place of emotional pain mm-hmm. that it's going to be like instant healing. Hmm. Well, del, really, I have a friend that says deliverance is immediate, but healing is a process. Yes. Wow. And so I believe the moment I chose to get into alignment with God by forgiving, to get into alignment with God, by stop stop intentionally bemoaning things, um, then the, I was delivered from it. From a lot of pain in that moment, wow, but there was a process of healing as I had to encounter situations to put the forgiveness into practice. yes, yes. so so, yes, I was delivered, but then now I get I, I get to practice forgiveness on this phone call. I get to practice forgiveness at this lunch you know, with a, a friend or, you know, I get to put into practice th- what I've asked God to deliver me from it. And it's those p- moments of practice that are the healing. It's the, it's the, it's the physical therapy. It's the emotional therapy, the spiritual yes, therapy. So, you know, I had to do reps. Um, the reason yes. I can walk at all, the reason I, you know, the reason I can walk at all is because God did bring some healing, but then there was also because they, the doctor said I would never walk again, never talk again. I had a long time of physical therapy for my gross motor skills. I had occupational therapy and I had for, for just the, the fine motor skills. And then I also had speech therapy. So just because God, like, started the healing process with me. Didn't mean that I didn't have a way to participate. I had to show up for those therapy appointments and I had to put in the reps, very boring reps, very boring reps of like moving the beads. (laughs) Yes. Moving the beads, moving the beads (laughs) Uh, saying, uh, saying buttercup, 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 buttercup. And I'm like, can we be done with this? I want to, I want to, Teach well. You can't be yeah, your mouth teach. with all that until you do the basics. Buttercup, mm. buttercup, buttercup, buttercup. And so, if that's true about our physical bodies that that the yes. muscle memory yes. is required, that I'm like waking up places that went to sleep for a minute. I'm waking it up. I'm bringing back the muscle memory. Yes how much more do we have to do the reps emotionally and spiritually if we want to feel healed in areas where we're wounded and we want to feel that in our bodies we have to put in the reps of saying i'm going to i'm going to pray a blessing." maybe maybe you don't have contact with a person that you need to forgive you can pray a blessing over them and that's putting in the reps if you if you pray for them Maybe you don't call them. I'm not saying you have to do that, but if if there are moments where you interact with that person, you practice uh, forgiveness, you practice blessing them from afar, so that you're you're contributing to their prayer cloud by praying yes. for from afar. Guess who
1: gets the blessing then? Both of you. Yeah. Oh man, I don't even know. Um, so the pandemic would be the last time you've had a good. Oh yeah. And and you're saying, all right, I'm hearing you say, but that was when the Lord's like, I want to work on forgiveness yeah. during that time. Mm-hmm. So, ju- so that's like two years ago, right? Pandemic two that's, or three years ago. Three, three years ago. Yeah. So do you feel like that was like, you're saying to me, because at that point you had, have, had been, you know, dealing with your physical disability for how many years? Three years ago would make it? 26 years, yeah. And that was the first kind of like a forgiveness kind of welled oh, up in you.
0: One hundred percent, because um, yeah. when when, yeah, one hundred percent. Because we because we can justify yes. this, especially if the wound is particularly deep. We can justify keeping a little unforgiveness, just keeping a little bit, and we can say, "Well," and and um, for me, it was the forgiveness without the reps. So it was like, I said, I said it, I mean it, I've forgiven, I've forgiven. But then I don't, um, I don't obey God in the moments when he's inviting me into putting it into practice. So during the pandemic, there was a moment when he said, I need you to make a phone call. And I was like, Oh no, I'm not making that phone call. And he was like, if you ha- if you are willing to address this unforgiveness, if you're willing to really forgive. I just need you to make this phone call. I was like, it's going to be terrible. It's not going to, and it comes back to the obedience belongs to me and the outcome belongs to Jesus. So me making, and, and in the end, the, the phone call that I'm that he was calling me to make, I put it off. I dreaded it for like two weeks, really and truly. I was like, really, God, do I have to do this? Is there any other way? Can this cup pass <laughs> from me? I don't want to do this. And it was really, it was insistent in my quiet time that he was like, Mm -hmm. "I, I, this is the next thing I'm asking you for this. I'm asking you to do this. This is going to be an offering to me. I'm going to receive it as a as a precious offering. I know you don't want to do it. I'm not saying you need to want to do it. I'm saying do it. it. (laughs) So in in reality, the phone call that I put off for two weeks and dreaded it actually was maybe a four minute phone call and nothing huge or dramatic transpired on that call. And can I ask, were you asking for, for, you were giving forgiveness to someone? The the topic of forgiveness did not actually come up. That wasn't what the phone call was about. It was a willingness to, it was willingness to just contact a person and ask and and just ask about a couple of things that God asked me to just, just to be kind, just to it be kind, kind phone call. just a kind, it, yeah, just a kind co- co- reconnecting phone call. And it's like, there are times when we, we can't even bear to do something like that. So it's not like God was saying here, I need you to have this dramatic moment. Here's this script. You need to say this. And it wasn't, there was no script. It was like, just be kind call that person and just, just, just act like you've forgiven them. I'm not saying profess. I have forgiven you and you Mm. need to forgive me. There was none of that. It was just like put into practice the forgiveness, dial it up. Maybe that person will answer. Maybe they won't. You're not responsible for whether they answer or not. You're not responsible for whether they decline your call when they see your name. You, I'm only asking you to dial the number, and so th- I know this is speaking to a few people right now because this uh, right oh, here, I this, know. this is hard to do. To and and we dread like what would come up in the conversation. I'm telling you, there was it was very boring. It was like a boring four minutes. There was no big breakthrough. There was no big breakthrough either. Like that wasn't what it was about. It was about me putting in the reps of, of doing the thing that God's like, oh, if God, if uh, when my physical therapists, they were like, we need you to do this thing. And I'm like, that's not going to have, make a difference, but we need to do this thing, take this posture, do this thing. And I just had to believe them that it would be good for me. And there wasn't a big breakthrough. Every time I did a physical therapy move, there wasn't. It was moving for moving sake. It was balance for balance sake. And you can't expect when you're in a process of healing to have some kind of big breakthrough. It's it's all of the moves put together that one day mm. you're like, wow, mm. you can stand up and walk. You know, that's we need to get back on our feet as Christians. And, and we're letting things like unforgiveness disable us. We, we're Absolutely. letting it... Put put us out of the out, out of the game, out of the war. And and God's like, hey, it's a simple, it's a simple thing. And so I, I would say ask God, what's what's the move that you want me to make to put in a rep today? It may not be a phone call, it might be something Amen. else. It could it, it very well could be. I just want you to pray for that person for 30 days. Just pray a blessing. Don't pray that well, they change. Don't yeah. pray that they realize what they've done. Don't pray that yeah. they get what they deserve. Just pray that they will be blessed, blessed. and do it, do it for 30 days. See what happens to you when you do that. So what when- let, let you know let him be creative with you and, and prescribe for you the very next thing that you need to be healed emotionally.
1: So then after you did that four minute call what, what shift, anything shift inside you? And it hasn't, what was your posture? Was it just like, well, I feel exactly the same Lord. And is it the blessing of, I did what you said, or could, was there any sense of release of some,
0: um, I immediately felt okay. You know, um, uh, in the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis, God says, sin is crouching at your door, but you must master it. I would say, I was surprised when I hung up the phone because I was like, that was no big thing. Like there was no drama. It was also not rewarding though. I mean, it wasn't like special. It wasn't bad or it wasn't good. It was just, but, but I was like, but somehow I feel stronger. I feel like I just mastered something. And I was certainly not mastering the other person. I was mastering the temptation not to do what God said. And sin was crouching at my door. Is it from 1 Peter 4.11, maybe? Maybe you'd have to look it up, guys. Don't take my word for it. But it says, uh, um, if you know what you ought to do and you do not do it, that is sin. And um, so for me, the temptation in that moment was to not do the small thing that God asked me to do. And he was like, master it. Come on now, master it. Do the, yeah. do the thing that I've asked you to do. So I f- immediately had the blessing of feeling stronger. And I was like, I could do that again. If, if, if I needed to, well, God didn't ask me to do it again until one year later, I I was praying. And he was like, Hey, remember that phone call? You're going to do it again. And so I did it again. I, I, I maybe this time I maybe like Postponed it for one week instead of two,
1: <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, it's stronger. It's stronger. It's stronger!"
0: and it was kind of the same deal. It was like four minute call that was amounted to nothing, but it was on the second one. It was on the second one that I felt totally free. It was like I am done. I have no unforgiveness. I'm done, and God knew that for me. It was. It was you know, uh, here's another reference. you got, you know, told Naaman to dip in the Jordan seven times to be healed of leprosy. Uh, Why was it seven for him? I don't know. Why was it two phone calls for me? I don't know, but whatever it is, if, if it's, if it's freedom on the other end of the obedience, you wouldn't you do it as many times as he asked? Amen. Of course you would. Cause the, he, we know he's not going to let you down. He's, he is going to bring the freedom that he promises and it feels so good.
1: Oh, so good. You and I have a shared friend in Nina mm-hmm. and Nina is the one I was on sabbatical. I don't know. We were talking about something and she looked at me, she said, Lisa, it's all practice it's all practice. Everything, everything's practice. Everything about life is practice. There's no, there's no moment. There's no perform. Everything is about do it again, do it again, mm-hmm. do it, do it again. Instead of seeing of like, oh, I missed that opportunity. Oh, I should have. You know the, no nope, mm-hmm. practice. So when you kept saying it, I need to practice my. There's deliverance is in the moment, but healing is in the practice. Continue. Yeah to exercise my freedom, mm-hmm. exercise, mm-hmm. and master this that wants to master me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want people to know what you do. Mm-hmm. So as a woman who is just continually walking and you know living in a disappointment gap, could you say that? Like you yeah. live, there's this sure. disappointment, right? And you believe he's, I just love how you believe he can heal and you are where you are today. And we're going to keep pressing on, but there's a disappointment gap, but you are y'all, if you don't know this, I would not be, I would not have written the body revelation. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but Mm -hmm. it was kind of like God was telling me to write it. And I was like, Oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. Okay. And just happened to be that our paths crossed uh, at a, at a conference where Nika was there talking about writing. I was there talking about the body and um, I just knew I was, she had something the Lord wanted me to know in her and walk near her because she releases writers. You are a writer. You Mm -hmm. write, is it, what is it hope? I mean, like you, you come back to hope a lot. What, what is it about hope? And with the writing and creativity, what is it that maybe helps to close that disappointment gap or fill the gap? mm -hmm.
0: Well, years ago, i I heard the Lord say to me, I was like, what is my purpose? Like, what is my divine assignment? You say that you've mm-hmm. created us to do good works that you've prepared in advance. What mm-hmm. have you prepared for me? And I really felt like he was saying, you're going to be a writer and you're going to call out writers. Well, so I started writing books. I have written six so far. I've started writing books, but how do you call out writers? Well, at least I did the only thing I knew how to do. So I'd be like, you know, at the grocery store. And if I felt like there was like Holy Spirit highlighting on someone, I'd walk over and they're they're putting lemons in a, in a produce bag. I'm like, do you, have you ever wanted to be a writer? can I pray for you? You literally would walk Let, up to people. That's all I knew how to do. I thought that's what he meant. <laughs> so I would call him out. I'd be like, I'm calling out the writer in you. I'm going to pray it out. Can I just pray here in the produce section? They'd be like, well, when they wept, I knew that I was hearing from him that they, you know, so they would cry. And just like I said, people will pray for me in a parking lot. I was praying yeah. for people in a, in a Parking lot. I mean, just whoever God showed me, and I would just walk up to people in a, in a lobby at church, and they'd never seen me before. I'm like, "Hey, have you ever wanted to write a book?" And I would just let me call, and they said yes. I would call it out, and I thought that's what I was supposed to do, and I did that for years. And then, I mean, you have no idea how critical a role you played in my life because. I, I still was like, okay, well, I'm doing the thing. I'm writing my books. And I'm just calling out writers every time I see one. And then it was right before um, the lockdowns in 2020, you reached out to me, having seen me at a conference and we connected and you were like, I-, I wanna work with you as a book coach. I think you're supposed to be coaching, uh, like being a book coach. And I was like, what is that? I, I thought, I don't know how to do that. I don't What, what is it? You know, I, I worried about it and you were the very first person that I was like, I I called you out as a coach. <laughs> you did. You called
1: I me called out, as out. A coach. Come higher, come higher. <laughs>
0: you did. I mean, you, like, I just thought maybe I can help her create an outline. That's all I knew how to do. I can help her create. And it was toward the end of that, that you said, so point blank on a zoom call, you were like, yeah, I believe you're going to make a course for writers. You need to release writers in a very active way. You're going to coach them. I mean, I was not ready to hear that because I didn't know how, but I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) So you called it out. You called me out as a, as a book Mm -hmm. coach for sure. And as soon as that happened, I mean, people started contacting me Pe- they, so good. had no, i had, they had no they were like one woman called me and she was like the very next person after you called and said hi um so i have a uh, contract with a traditional publisher and i just really haven't started my book yet so i need the, the deadline's approaching. So I need a book coach to help me write this so I can get it done by the deadline. I was like, absolutely. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to go in faith. Elisa called me out as a book coach. I'm gonna yeah, go. Yeah. I was like, all right, when's the deadline? She's like four weeks. I was like, okay, I don't even know if it's possible to write a book in four weeks, but let's go.
1: I love it. Come on. So So good. And then why hope? Hope. Yeah. What, what is, what is your group
0: called? Oh yeah. So I, I created a membership, um, a group coaching membership for women, Christian women who want to write books or maybe have written books and they don't know how to market the book. We just like grow together in, in God confidence as writers. Yes. And the name of the group is anointed writers because, um, it is. we just cannot We really cannot operate without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So everything that I teach, I have, you know, a method that I teach, a system that I teach for writing your very first book, but all of it comes back to your relationship with the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? Because, you know, we can, I I always say we can collect the dots, but he has to connect the dots. He knows the person that is going to read your book. So you collect the stories, you collect the lessons, you collect the quotes, you collect the verses, but in, but in the end, he's going to connect the dots between your message and the person who needs to hear it.
1: It's so good. You all Nika is my coach. Nika is my coach. Have I got, have you got a copy yet? It hasn't come yet. I'm so you have, excited.
0: You have I'm to read so the back. Excited.
1: Because I've, I've acknowledged you. There would be not oh. this without you. Absolutely. Oh. And so I want to just take a moment to encourage anyone who has a, a right. You have a book in you. You have a voice in you. You want to write. You just want to get, you don't even have to have a book in you. You just want to get confident in writing, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think, oh my gosh, a book. And now that pressure of hmm. mm-hmm. just, if you feel like you are supposed to write, you, you know that you've got something in you to get out of you. And you want to be in a community of people that are, that are focusing on, on the work that they're called to do, but the anointing. And I will say that that's, what's different. And I, there are other writing places out there and I've been a part Mm -hmm. of some, some Mm -hmm. in and out in those little seasons, but Nika was the one who it's the Holy spirit. Like she just goes, we're going to I, we're going to go mm-hmm. after him. Just like here, revelation wellness, We're like, it, Okay. Mm-hmm. The Lord knows the spirit can help us. He's, he's the personal trainer. He's the one. Yes. So let's practice. Let's get in our body and do it again. And God will show up. That's what Nika does with writers. Mm-hmm. So you're in good hands. I can't encourage anyone enough to go and connect with her. So Nika has a website called blessyourbook.com. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. what people can go there and yeah. So
0: if you ever needed me to speak at a conference or um be you know present at your event, I would love to to teach at your event and that's oh, NikaMaples.com. But if you're okay. interested in just taking the step to just see see what God's doing in your heart about a book. It's not a big commitment. It's just like start blessing your book even before it comes to be. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I Amen people always say, well, your book is your baby. And I don't believe that because a, a book doesn't have a soul and it's not made in the image of God. And it is sh- sure not going to hold your hand when you're old. So we help children True. do those things. We hope children do those things, but um, you know, so your book is not your baby, but it will feel like you're giving birth when you do write yes, a book does. for the first time. And you'll go through those yeah. hormonal changes of like, i just feel terrible and i'm exhausted and all of that stuff so um you know i just encourage people just take a step to start blessing your book before it comes to be the way you would bless a child before he or she even came to be and so go to blessyourbook.com and every month i do a 5 day workshop where i just help people just connect with the message that God has put inside them. And and you'll hear lots of excuses from the enemy, like um lots of condemnation, like nobody needs your book. This has already been written. You know, mm-hmm. you're you have too small of an audience and all that. It's just lies. It's just lies. If you're willing to rise above the lie, God can do a lot.
1: Amen. Yes. And amen. Okay. I have one more question for you, for you. Mm -hmm. If you have one practice to share that keeps you emotionally well and healthy, what is that?
0: Mm. The one consistent thing is writing out a verse of the Bible word for word, just one, just one sentence, sometimes a partial sentence. That practice has transformed me. I started it. Mm. um, I started it uh, Cause you know, growing up in, even in the church, you're like, how am I supposed to do this whole intimacy with God thing? I remember uh, thinking, do I light a candle? Do I, you know, do I, what do I do every time? Do I write in my journal? Do I, do I read a whole chapter? What do I do? And, um, I always had failed quiet times. So if there's anyone on this call or on this uh, podcast, who's like, I just have, I I'm not succeeding at reading the Bible. I'm not succeeding at having a consistent time of being with God in his presence. Look, first take the pressure off. When I came to God with that I was like I'm just not succeeding at this and I was a grown adult. Like I was <laughs> like in my 40s, I would say 40 years old when I was like I you got to help me with this Lord. You got to help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And um he brought me to Exodus 16 where the Israelites are getting the instruction about how to take manna. Like when he's like, I will, I will be your provision. I will rain down bread from heaven. It's going to be out there every day. But here's yeah. the deal. You have to do it my way. You have to follow these instructions and do it my way. And what I noticed in those instructions that God highlighted for me was those who gathered little did not have too little. And those who gathered much did not have too much. Hmm. It touches my heart because there are some new moms who are like, I can barely, like, I've got this infant and I, I, I've I got this child in my arms at all times. How am I going to even turn a Bible page? And they don't have the, the length of time that they used to have. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Here's the good news. When you're dealing with the living water, when you're dealing with the bread of life, Jesus is saying those who gather much did not have too much. And those who gathered little did not have n- too little. So if you're in a season where you you can only gather a little, gather a little, it will be exactly mm-hmm. what you need. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a season where you're like, my, my time with him is extravagant. I'm gathering mm-hmm. a lot. Then mm-hmm. by all means gather a lot. It will not yeah. be too much, too much so just so, gather what you can gather and for me in 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 seasons that are fat with time and seasons that are thin with time um i just make it a practice of finding one verse that the holy spirit is speaking to me and i write it out word for word
1: mm-hmm. so good okay yeah you know, we can keep going and going but here's the thing <laughs> you just have to come to Rest and rebuild next year. Cause I basically have signed me Nika up for life um, yeah. to anything revelation wellness. You will see, I said, that's when you got on, the, uh, when you left Minnesota, let's Chris and I said, anything we do, she's there. <laughs> Period. See to it. So and, and what,
0: what a victory, right. To have, cause at rest and rebuild, I was on a scooter for most yes. of the time. And like, what a victory yeah. to have a wellness, a physical fitness and wellness yep. community where yep. a disabled person is welcome please. and can thrive. Yes,
1: please. And we, and we're, we, we know that the Lord's going to do more with that. We had like this time around, we had quite a few people that were just could move in a chair. And so we set up the chair section. The next time, next time, Rest and Rebuild, we know we're going to invite some of the deaf community. Like mm. it's getting all kinds of crazy up in here. Like we're good with <laughs> it. It should make no earthly sense. None at all. Those are all good bodies. Bring them in here. He's worthy of all of our adoration with everything we got, whether on a scooter, in a chair, yep. just clap with our hands. So, all right, y'all, you'll be back, Nika, and all the places, but we love you and we bless you. And we are grateful that you speak to us the way you do. I love you too. Thank you. Love you. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend and be sure to swipe up on the show notes? You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.